You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. With the fourth pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets select Speech. It's Garrett Wilson. Welcome back to Turn on the Jets Presents Draft Season. I am your host, Michael Megan. It's been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks in draft land, especially for the Jets. It seems that all the players that no one thought would be there are going to be there. All the, we have all these big risers. Now every, every time a wide receiver tweets, every Jets fan thinks he's going to be on the Jets. So, uh, Dylan, I'll start with you. Uh I mean, I'm assuming you have post notifications for DK Metcalf now, or what's the deal? Uh, post notifications are on for AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, and Debo Samuel, just to get you right there, Meigs. But, you know, it's been a good week. Obviously, we had a fantastic episode last week with the great Connor Rogers. I think he gave us all some pretty good tidbits. Uh, you know, he helped some of my arguments, helped some of James' arguments. Yeah, I guess, unfortunately, helped some of Joe Bellick's arguments. But, you know, I'm fired up today. Joe really wanted to do uh, the top 10 uh, receivers here. So I'm pumped to uh, go head to head with you guys a little bit here. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun to see where we disagree, where we agree. I think this is a very interesting wide receiver class where I know a lot of people have talked about the lack of blue chip talent at the top of it, about how much those players at the top are really worth in regards to this draft. But I think this is a fun wide receiver class. It's going to have a lot of good players, and I'm excited to talk about them. Joe, I know you've been slaving over this. So first, have you slept? And second, do you feel good about your top 10 list? I'm feeling pretty good about my top 10. Have I slept? I'm just, I don't sleep a lot in general, but especially during draft season, you know, we got to, we got to grind, man. We're grinding the tape. We're grinding the film. So we're up late at night, waking up early in the morning to go to work. I'm pumped for this uh, positional ranking thing that we're doing here. I think we're going to do this pretty much for the rest of the season up until draft night. And I I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to make for some spicy takes and some, uh, some contentious battles and debates. And I'm pumped, especially to go up against Dylan, who seems to be like willing to go head to head with me these days. I'm ready for it, Dylan. Let's do it. Yeah. Now, now I'm actually going to see how our insider down at the NFL owners meetings, who is just chatting it up with this, the who's who of the NFL, I know he's made, his is going to have the most accurate mock drafts of the year because he made so many connections at the bar down there. So, James, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, Meigs, what's going on here? It looks like you're uh, out of a mid-2000s rap video with those beats. Yeah, dude. It's, 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 this is all about it. It's the new look, bro. It's cold. I don't know what to tell you. It's New York's weather makes no freaking sense. Yeah. Excited for today, though. <clears throat> I think I'm going to, like, seriously shake up my ranking. So, 
Well, that's one way to put it. But uh, so, uh, guys, I think uh, we got to start. You know, we're going to start. I, I think, you know, start, have a nice descending order, leave the listeners waiting to and wanting to see who at the end of the day, you know, this is going to be an ink. This is the takes you're going to have to back up for the next three years of this podcast, Joe. So make sure you see the order you want. But Dylan seems fit and firing. So I'm going to start with him. Dylan, who were your wide receivers 10 through six in the 2022 NFL draft? I'm going to start it off with a bang here and shock the world. At number 10, I have Wandale Robinson, wide receiver, Kentucky. But we're not calling him wide receiver from Kentucky, James, or Joe, or Meigs. I already see that smirk on your face, Joe. This is a wide back. He's not wide receiver. We're bringing him in here to be our Devo Samuel. All right, maybe not that. But in all seriousness, the guy's a catch-and-run machine. So he is currently at 10 for me. Uh, Then I have David Bell. I know that this consensus has kind of soured on him in recent weeks, but he's still a strong outside receiver. And if you don't uh, forget, one of the first debates we had on this podcast, one of the first debates I even had with you guys was David Bell versus Jahan Dotson. I still see Bell potentially being at that level when he gets to the next level. I just think he's not had the best off season or a pre-draft process. At eight, I have Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. I think he's one of the crispest route runners in this class, and I think he has the potential to be one of the best receivers from this class. At seven, I have Christian Watson. He's a 6'5". I'm going to say it a couple times, but freak. I think this guy, seriously, if you look at his tape, is an absolute gamer. He could be a huge addition to any roster. Um, I don't necessarily know how much he would fit with this roster, but I think overall he is a dog. Uh, Competition, obviously, is always going to be a concern with a guy like him, but he took care of business when he needed to. And the number six, is going to be Jahan Dotson. I think his body control is absurd. His speed, his play speed, Michael Megan, is very strong. And I think that his versatility is top notch. So that is my 10 through six. Um, Rather than kind of go on a rant, I'm going to see what qualms or questions you guys have here. Let me first start here with the whole Wandel Robinson thing. Okay. Wandel Robinson tested very badly at the combine. I respect that you have him in your top 10, but I mean, that guy's 10 yard split was absolutely disgusting. I mean, like that's a really good indication of how successful you will be of a receiver at the next level. So the acceleration clearly isn't there. His 40 time for a guy who's 5'8 really was, again, just not very good. Um, so I think I have a, just a lot of qualms with him in general. I think if you want to put somebody in your top 10 who is kind of like Wandel Robinson or who you guys think Wandel Robinson should be, I'd respect a little bit more if it was Calvin Austin from Memphis. He's like exactly who you guys think Wandel Robinson will be in the NFL. And Calvin Austin's very good. And Calvin Austin, I'd like to say, was a fringe guy who, I'm going to be honest, has started to kind of shoot up my boards in the past few couple days and uh, weeks. But I definitely think that by the end of this, when it's all said and done in the next couple of weeks, maybe Calvin Austin does end up taking Robinson's spot. But I mean, yeah, he didn't have the greatest combine, but I think it's kind of similar to David Bell in that argument with my guy at nine here is that just because he didn't have the greatest combine performance doesn't necessarily, it's not indicative of talent for me. I think them running in shorts isn't going to be the biggest signifier. I think they're on field play and the fact that he was one of the best receivers in college football last year and with the ball in his hands is absolutely dynamic would be uh big thing for me but I get it obviously if you're going to go with that route go with the track star guy and go Calvin Austin but I think his versatility and his route running would be a little bit more ideal uh, more his route running than Calvin Austin because obviously their versatility is similar but I think you go with a guy like him for his route running over a guy like Calvin Austin is more of just the freak category I will just chime in briefly in defense of uh of my and Dylan guy Dylan's guy Wandale Robinson 
I think the proof is in the pudding and the fact that who was the receiver who had the second highest scrimmage yards per game in the SEC? Was it Traylon Burks? No. Was it John Mechie or George Pickens? No. It was the five foot eight guy from Kentucky, Wandale Robinson. And I just think like, yes, he's not some athletic freak, but he is a great player who has produced in the hardest conference to play in. He plays in the Shanahan offense in college football. And so it's very easy to project what he would do in the NFL. And nobody's saying he's like a second round player right now. I think most of us are saying that he's like fringe day two, day three type. And I think he's going to have a very productive NFL career just because he's done it at the highest level in college football. You know, he's the second best receiver in the SEC um, in terms of production uh, behind Jameson Williams. So. I think you're getting a little bit too caught up on the production. I think he's going to be a fine player, but just in that gadget role, that's how I see him going into the NFL. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that he's going to be really good in, in that phase of the game. Yeah. We've talked way too much about poor man's two, two at well for my liking, but uh, Alec Pierce is a guy Dylan who I actually really enjoyed his film study. And I was kind of disappointed about his senior bowl just because of how, like, he, we know he's a very good, tester like we saw his combine and we thought like seeing his route running for the things that he excels at i thought he would excel at the senior bowl in the way christian watson has in those one-on-one like you know glorified seven on seven areas and he kind of struggled and i was a little put off by that i think his quarterback didn't do him a lot of favors at cincinnati so i just want to know like which alec pierce do you really think it is because i he kind of feels like some sometimes he's jekyll sometimes he's hyde and that's my most toughest really part of his evaluation No, I agree with you. I think that's a really fair comparison to bring up. I think that it's honestly why a guy like Christian Watson ends up slotting above him in my rankings here is because of the one-on-ones and because of the very strong pre-draft process he's had. But if you look through my eight through 10 guys, they're all guys who really didn't have absurd testing in these past few weeks. But I'm going more with the on-field performance and the fact that David Bell was incredibly consistent in college. And Alec Pierce wasn't necessarily, obviously didn't light up the stat sheet as much as some of these other guys but at the same time he had a very very solid college career and I think that what you see of him in terms of his route running and in terms of his ability to high point the ball his ability to consistently I think stretch the field pretty well I I would put him in my top 10 just based on that and rely on the fact that with a good quarterback he can develop that rapport and have more success at the next level because I think as you mentioned you know testing wise he's done strong and the potential is there in terms of on field play not necessarily just in terms of the glimpses of the negatives that you've seen I guess in terms of the issues he's had at Cincinnati at points. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good way of putting it and I think time will tell like which you know, Alec Pierce will, that we're going to see. I think we're okay. going to talk a little bit more about Alex Pierce when I go. I have him ranked pretty high. So since you want to talk about your rankings, why don't you start off at 10? All right. You know what? I feel like at 10, I had some problems. I think there are a lot of receivers in this class who can end up in that 10 spot. And, and just when you look at even picks or the guys I have slotted one through six, there's, it's almost like splitting hairs between these guys. And then the guys I have like seven through even 15, it's almost like splitting hairs between those guys as well. So it's like, I have a lot of guys who are, are grouped very closely. I'm like, you know, at 10, you know, I could have had Justin Ross. And I feel like Justin Ross is one of these guys, if his health was permitting, I feel like at worst, he would be like top seven in this draft class. Um, and then you have Christian Watson, who's actually not in my top 10, but I just love his upside. I think he's amazing. David Bell, who Dylan mentioned, you know, I had him early on in my top 10 and 
I mean, he fell from an athletic standpoint and I just couldn't keep him in there, but he could be the Jarvis Landry of this draft class, right? He has everything you want except for that athletic ability. So I totally respect people still keeping him in that range. But in the end for 10, I, I settled on George Pickens. He's a five-star recruit with tremendous body control, great catch radius, and just a very passionate player who has that bully mentality I love in a wide receiver, especially for a team like the Jets. I feel like confidence is one of those intangibles that can make the difference between a good receiver and a great one. And Pickens plays with so much swag. He's that classic diva wide receiver who might rub some people the wrong way, but he shows up on the field every Sunday ready to produce. I feel like he has a lot to refine when it comes to the wide receiver position itself. But listen, I can't deny how good this guy could be if he puts it all together. He's my wide receiver 10 for now. You look up upside in a dictionary and it's Pickens' face. All right, Meeks? And listen, this is all subject to change. I don't care what you said earlier. Uh, but going to number nine, number nine for me was Sky Moore from Western Michigan. I think Moore is just a very skilled prospect. His releases in particular are some of the best in the entire class. I mean, this guy thrives in press coverage from his footwork to his subtle head fakes. There are nuances to his game that are very translatable to the next level. He's also more elusive than his three cone would indicate, forcing the most missed tackles in the entire FBS this season for wide receivers. So pretty impressive stuff. Now, of course, I have some questions about the level of competition he faced at Western Michigan, but I'm pretty high on where I think the sky is the limit for him and that pun was fully intended. I mean, is there ever a bad time for a bad joke? Um, Meeks' expression says yes. So anyway, listen, I'm moving on. I think that at number eight, I think it's going to be a little bit of a shock for some listeners. And I doubt many analysts, if any, will have him in their top 10. But I'm really into this prospect. Meeks, you touched on him before the Senior Bowl. And that's Khalil Shakir, wide receiver from Boise State route running, yards after catch, competitive toughness. This is a scrappy dude that fights for every inch. You could utilize him on jet sweeps, in the screen game, or attacking any level of the field. Great ball tracker with good hands. He could play inside and outside. I think he's going to be the Amonra St. Brown of this draft class, Michael Megan, in the sense that he's going to be this third or fourth round wide receiver that immediately contributes and puts up way better numbers his rookie year than anybody was expecting. Obviously, he has to be in the right situation for that, but if he lands on the right team, watch out for this guy. I've been feeling good about him for a while. Now, going to number seven, um, this is the guy that Dylan said Christian Watson was better than, and I'm going to have to disagree. I do love Christian Watson's upside, but listen, I was incredibly impressed with Alec Pierce's film. And not just from an athletic standpoint, but from a technical standpoint too. In particular, his hand-feet combinations off the line of scrimmage versus press coverage is some of the best in the class, hands down. I mean, this guy is very close to being a master technician. He knows how to attack and create leverage. And what he does specifically with his hands to counter a defensive back shooting bare hands is teach tape. It's just as simple as that. Now, he could be a little bit predictable with his routes at times, but Overall, he's a refined receiver who can take the top off a of defense. And it wouldn't shock me at all if he eventually became the best wide receiver on whatever team ends up drafting him. Big fan of Pierce, well worth a second round pick in my opinion. Now, I think this is where I kind of veer from the consensus rankings, but I have Jamison Williams from Alabama as my wide receiver six. Listen, you know, Williams is a really fun player who is dynamic in space. Earlier in the year, I called him the Freddy Krueger of yards after catch because he's a nightmare with the ball in his hands. And listen, you know, he's fast as shit. 
And he's a home run threat waiting to happen. So like I said, he's really fun. He's an electric player. Still, there are holes in his game. He's another one of these guys who has issues with press coverage and still needs to refine that part of his game. If a corner gets good hands on him, it's pretty much over. I wouldn't say he's a scheme-specific prospect like Traylon Burks, but at least early on in his career, I think landing spot will be especially important for Jameson. A system like the Jets have in place that does a great job of scheming players open would be the ideal fit for someone like Jameson. He could really thrive in a Jets uniform. And listen, if it wasn't for his injury, I'd probably be a little bit higher on him for sure. But I will say this, as, as much as I like Olave, I even have Dotson ranked higher than him. I think he's a better fit as a complementary piece to who the Jets already have on their roster. And if I were the GM of the Jets, he'd be higher on my list than the other two because of that. And I think that rounds out my, uh, my six through 10 guys. I mean, what do you guys, how you feel about it? I'm just happy you talked about Khalil Shakir. That guy's a baller, and James said he stinks, and he's dumb. So uh, I'm very happy you brought him to the table. Good football player. The arm length is the only issue that I'm going to have with him because I just don't know how he's going to do on the outside because every, part of it also, every other part of his game is just really fun and I think really refined. But, no, I got no real issues with your list. I thought that was pretty good. All right. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. So no, no problems over there, Dylan. I know you wanted to exchange some, some punches over here today. So what's going on? So I, I don't hate your list by any means. I think that I <laughs> I already seen James laughing. I think Sky Moore isn't a bad add to the list. I think he's somebody who's definitely going to rise um, as time progresses and somebody who could, if he lands in the right spot, thrive. Uh, I still would go that Robinson in, tor- in terms of overall impressiveness based on the production, especially in the conference, would go over him in my opinion. But obviously we see things a little differently in terms of how we see the prospect themselves rather than how they necessarily could fit at the next level. Um, I like Khalil Shakir. I think he was somebody who I think there really are so many talented receivers in this class that he was one of those fringe, like maybe do I slot him in here at 10 kind of guys. So I'm not going to fault you on that by any means. I think the David Bell disrespect is real. I think that the George Pickens hype is way overhyped. I think that you saying he has swagger when he's just got anger issues and can't keep his emotions together at times is a little overzealous. But, I mean, if he can revert back to what he could have been before the season, I think he he could very well be a top seven guy in this class. And I think that for me with the Christian Watts and Alec Pierce things, because I know you hit me with a little slight jab there of the, the guy that Christian Watson apparently is better than. But I see Christian Watson as the potential of, okay, this guy could be that kind of athletic anomaly that we've talked about with Drake London and with Draylon Burke that oh you know if they succeed if the trades pan out at the next level this is they can be one of the best receivers from this class so that's fair I think Alec Pierce though is the safer route of the two of them but in that regard of me going nine eight through ten really on my list being safer picks that's why I went Watson above him but I think it's fair for you to say that so those are my little qualms with your list but I don't see anything too bad and honestly I I contemplated having Jamison Williams as low as seven or eight on my list so I'm not going to sit here and argue with you when he I mean I'll get up to him at my next part but I uh, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you when that was my perspective as well so yeah I don't want people to think I'm not in on Christian Watson I'm a big fan but he's kind of the Trayvon Walker of this wide receiver class now I do think he's a more polished receiver than Walker is a pass rusher but he definitely needs to refine his game but like listen listen he's a great athlete he's got some serious juice he's got good vision with the ball in his hands and he knows how to go up and get it he could be a really good match for someone like Zach Wilson's skill set. So, you know, I, I don't hate it. I just, 
you know, I feel like when you compare those two guys, Alec Pierce, I think is just way more pro ready than Christian Watson. I know Watson is probably going to get drafted before him. And I know some people even had him going in round one um, in, a, in, a, in a mock I recently saw. Um, but I, I feel like, listen, the guy's 23 years old. He ran like four routes in college, you know, at the FCS level. So I think there's a lot of question marks with him. Um, somebody drafts him and they get the most out of him. He could be a stud. There's no question about it. All right, guys, I'm going to go to James because I know he's definitely he's been James has been boots on the ground. He's been trying to get all this insider info. So uh, I know his wide receiver rankings are going to be interesting. So, James, let me hear it. Yeah. So at 10, I have David Bell, wide receiver from Purdue, somebody who listeners of the pod know I'm a big fan of. The the reason he's not going to be drafted within the first 75 picks is because he tested really poorly and he was basically really slow. But if you check the tape. Um, and you look at the production, it's very impressive. And it's, it's definitely not aligned with that level of athletic testing. So he's somebody who just got to trust the tape. And I think he's going to be kind of like Corey Davis in the NFL, which is a very good player. Um, number nine, George Pickens. I'm a big fan. Um, I like the edge that he plays with. Um, and he projects really favorably into that X wide receiver role in a West coast or spread to run offense. Um, number eight, kind of similarly, Christian Watson, I think what Joe said about Trevon Walker and Christian Watson, that's a good way of putting it. Um, he's somebody who you're betting on be, on their athletic traits. I think he was a 9.99 in RAS score. Um, and that's really good. And pretty much all the players you have that end up panning out. So I like Christian Watson, but it's, it's a bet. Seven is Jahan Dotson for me, wide receiver from Penn State. Um, I like Dotson. I think he's going to be a solid two in the league. Um, and then lastly, my number six wide receiver is John Mechie from Alabama. Obviously, he was sidelined with the injury, but I know he's somebody who scouts really like because of his background and off the field stuff. Um, and he's a good player. I mean, the Alabama offense was really relying on him when he was healthy. And so that's my top, uh, you know, 10 through six players. Yeah, no, I feel like, yeah, you, you're going to see a couple of those players in my top 10, James. So uh, yeah, Joe and unless Joe or Dylan have some major qualms, we'll just go ahead and give those in mind. I think it's pretty bold putting Mechie at six. I do like him, but the injury obviously is a concern. Now you have to expect him to rehab, come back and hit the ground running. I think it's going to be tough for him. And, and when I look at his overall game, I kind of see him as more of a slot. He's just kind of like kind of burly, tough guy, but I think that's where he's going to make his money in the NFL. So I, I feel like, you know, six is a little rich for me, you know, from my perspective. What say you, Dylan? I, I kind of would agree with Joe there. I can't believe I'm saying that in this episode, but I would agree with Joe there. But uh, I, I do think that you could see the void of Mechie's absence when he wasn't on the team. So I think to me, that's always going to be something that's indicative of talent in that regard. But I, I don't know. I don't hate it, but I don't necessarily love it. So that would be it. Yeah, so now I'll give you guys my top 10. Um, I like James. I have David Bell at 10. I did like David Bell. I thought he was a very good player. But the athletic testing, it's not that I don't think he's going to be bad in the NFL. I just think he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type skill set. And I just don't see him being more than a complementary piece at the next level where he is like a good wide receiver three. And I just, you know, there's a real cost-effective, you know, cost-value paradox about using more than a top 75 pick, you know, on a player of that caliber. Nine, I have Justin Ross. I will not quit that man. 
I was watching 2019 Justin Ross this weekend, and I'm, I'm all the way back in. He's just so twitchy. He's so long. His body control is fantastic. He's some of the best catches you're going to see of any wide receiver in this class. Unfortunately, he does have a massive medical red flag with his spinal surgery that you need. If Obviously, the doctors have to give you the all clear for that. And in 2021, he was also battling a broken bone in his foot. But uh, watch the Clemson tape. DJ Ungulele let him down so many times. He's still very, very good, and I still believe in Justin Ross at the next level. Next, I have John Mechie, who I kind of feel like is being the forgotten wide receiver of this class. I'm very happy James brought him up because, like Joe, I do agree that he's going to be more of a slot at the next level, but he's a pretty good route technician already. You can you see on his tape he makes plays at all three levels. He can even win deep down the field, and John Mechie just – is a really solid player that I think you're going to get for a discount because of that injury. Um, seven, I have Sky Moore, who Dylan, I think, you know, was a little dismissive of before, which I wasn't a big fan of. Big fan of Sky Moore. Really like his intangibles. Really think this is the developmental wide receiver that I want that you see coming from a smaller school. Do like the skill set. Do loves how he wins deep down the field. And six, I have John Dotson, who I think is going to be a really, really solid football player. I don't think there's anything special about Jahan Dotson, I just think he does everything really well. And I just think, you know, sometimes it's nice to hit a double in the drafts, and I think he's the embodiment of that. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. I think your Justin Ross take is going to be like absolute fire down the road. If he can actually keep his health together, he's going to be one of the best receivers in this entire draft class. I love that, Meeks. I think he's. He's one of the best manipulators in the draft. He just like knows how to get open. He's a savvy route runner. He knows how to like get these cornerbacks to flip their hips, take a full step, and he's there to take advantage of it. He is really a nasty dude. And I very I underrated like, with the ball in his hands too, for someone his size. And the oh, hands in Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad one of us had him in their top 10. He's a player worth team. talking about. Yeah, he definitely deserves to be in one for sure. All right, Dylan, you got anything for me? Or are we, are we or am I kicking over to you for five through one? I think it. I could see that take aging like fine wine. I kind of agree with Joe there. I mean, it's kind of funny how Justin Ross and Derek Stingley were two guys a couple of years ago. We're talking about as, oh my God, they're going to light up the draft class at some point. And now we're 
kind of seeing everybody sour on Stingley as cornerback one and fall in love with Ahmad and see Justin Ross be out of, I mean, three of the four people on this podcast, top 10. So I agree with you. I think he could have the potential to be a superstar to come out of this class, but he could also have the potential to be maybe not great because of the injury. So I think that would be my only qualm and sorry to Sky Moore if he's listening, if I was dismissive to him, I think he's got the tangibles to be talented, but I'm going to go with production at a higher level than I would go with uh, just the tangibles in that regard. I think okay. Dylan, I feel like you're, I feel like you're kind of stuck back in like December with that Rondell Robinson take. I mean, how many, and like, with all honesty, like, I feel like most people thought he was like 5'5", five, 10", five, 5'11". He measured in less than 5'7". Five five yeah, how many good wide receivers or elite level wide receivers are in the NFL at that size? I'm just curious. Um, Rex and Barrios. That, that would be about the uh, only legitimate comparison I can really make. I don't, I think maybe he's a gadget player who breaks the mold. You're a guy who was in love with Anaya Smith, and I think he's a better version yeah, of Anaya Smith. Stop talking about both of these players, honestly. <laughs> I know. Well, the, the funny thing is he it. liked Anaya Smith more than Wondell Robinson before. You were like, you've become the king of the flip-flops. I thought that was I've been watching Wondell Robinson lately, <laughs> okay. and he's starting to fall in love with him a little bit more, all right? Don't hit me I with thought, I thought it was death taxes and James pulling a 180, but it seems like it's death taxes and Dylan pulling a 180, if you ask me. From Sorry you're still stuck. Sorry you're still stuck in the combine grain where guys running in shorts is so crazy impressive to you. But for me, I'm going to look to the on-field performance. <laughs> yeah, I think check that the reflects- film, bro. Yeah, yeah that's, check uh, the film, that's why you put Christian Watson as high as you did. Okay, Dylan. I'm going to talk about a 6'5 athletic anomaly, not a guy who just impressed me because he ran fast in shorts and a t-shirt in front of scouts in Indiana, but okay. I know you like talking about stats. It's production. I actually look at the film and look at the traits and look at that kind of stuff. I get it. It's fine. I'm the one on here talking about anthropometrics and things of that nature, how I'd actually don't look at that stuff, but maybe you're not, you know, paying full attention to me when I'm doing my takes, but that's fine, Dylan. You know, all right, Dylan. Loves Iran. All right, Dylan. Let's, let's hear the five through one and we'll see how concrete these takes are. Sorry. Sometimes 55 minute rants get a little hard to continue to stay gripped to. With that said, number five for me is going to be Jamison Williams. I know I kind of mentioned seeing him at seven or eight, but in all seriousness, uh, Jamison Williams, if he can rehab fully healthy, could be one of the top two, top three guys in this class. So I fully... I fully could see this high and I could fully see the maybe a team doesn't figure out how to use him properly. Honestly, kind of like a Henry Ruggs, not necessarily finding his fit until the season before everything kind of happened on that end and seeing a guy like Jerry Judy, who hasn't necessarily found his exceptional groove with the Denver Broncos yet. So I see it in that regard as something possibly, but I mean, you, I'm going to go with the production in this regard here and the fact that he's a freak and his quickness, his breaks on his routes are very strong. And this is a guy who is late hands. He just does a lot of things good and not a lot of things bad. So he would be in my top five. Uh, Traylon Burke's a guy I actually haven't talked a lot about. I think the three of you guys have kind of been higher. I'm not necessarily higher on him, but more on the soapbox for him. I think that when you look at the tangibles, kind of similar to what I said about um Watson, this is a guy who checks every box in that regard, checks boxes in terms of production, checks the boxes from the New York Jets in terms of potential scheme fit. And if everything pans out for him, he could be one of the best receivers in top two potentially in this class. So I think Traylon Burks, if everything pans out, could be fantastic as well. I think there's a lot of things to like with him. Um, Olave, to Michael Megan's surprise, is number three here for me. I know that uh, 
that's a little surprising because at one point I had him in the five, six range with John Dotson, but I mean, he's such a crisp route runner. He's a guy that if he had come out in last year's class, there was going to be strong debate at him about in the same range. He's really talented. And as much as I wanted to deny it for a little bit with the push starting to come to shove, I will have him in my top three firmly. And then at number two, a guy that this is going to be where Joe and I'll take off the gloves and embrace here. Drake London is number two for me. I think that the potential he brings to the table is unmatched. If he didn't break his ankle and have that injury, he would probably be in the 1A, 1B territory with Garrett Wilson here. But he's a reception machine, a yard after catch machine. He's a consistency machine. I think he can get it all done. And look, I went through one Drake London take without bringing up that he played basketball in college. It didn't play very well. But note, Traylon Burks did play basketball in high school as well. Found that out uh, doing some deep dives on him recently. And the number one for me is Garrett Wilson. I think he we could pretty much agree, at least Michael Megan and I, I know, will guarantee to agree on that. He is the top dog in this wide receiver class for me and does so much that's special and not a lot that you can really pick apart in that regard. So that's my top five. Uh, let's hear it. Yeah, no, Dylan, you're pretty good on my end. I really don't have any issues with you. I think the most, yeah, we're going to, there's one player that we disagree on slightly. That's probably like more than one player, one ranking away from where they actually are in my ranking. So uh, you're all good in my book. I, I had a feeling. I have a kind of intuition on who that might be. Yeah, I, I think everyone knows who that might be. James, you want to go first before Joe uh, lets me have it? Uh, I mean, I was just going to say, I like it. I think. I'm higher on Jamison Williams. Um, he really does have a rare trait, and he demonstrated the effectiveness of that trait at the highest level you can do that. Um, you know, maybe if you're poking holes in his game, you would say, well, why didn't he get on the field at Ohio State? Um, but obviously, it's because there are three really good receivers there. Um, and so you can't fault him for that, you know, to the extreme. So I, I'm a lot higher on Jamison than you are, but you know, I respect it's, the opinion. It's the same. Why didn't Joe Burrow get on the field at Ohio state? And why did he have to transfer? Just sometimes you don't get opportunities when you do, you succeed. I think if Jamison Williams didn't get hurt, I think it's more of a recency bias with the top four guys than it is anything else. And that it's more of a, maybe I've soured on him in that regard, but I, I still see Jamison Williams with the potential to be a top two guy in this class, but Joe, what you got? I'm fine with it. I thought it was, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm not surprised that you have Olave so high and now like Dotson so low because you had Dotson way higher than Olave earlier. So that kind of like fits the narrative of you kind of like flip-flopping. <laughs> but other than that, I feel like your, your top five is solid, man. I'm into it. I gotcha. I just, uh, I see the on-field production of Olave and it kind of vaulted over Jahan although that I love Jahan here I had to I, I listened to a little bit of what Michael Megan was saying and it stuck with me a little bit so I just grew to separate them a little bit but I don't think the gap between three through six is as far as the gap between two through three is in my opinion but that's all yeah um I've been just waiting all day for James Koontz's wide receiver rankings. He's been blowing up the slack with we're never going to believe what they are. So I can't let the listeners wait anymore. So James, go ahead. Okay. So I'm the preface this by saying everybody should be sitting down when they hear this. So wide receiver five is Chris Olave. Um, I like Olave, but I don't think anything he does is rare. I think the four receivers I have ahead of him do rare things. Um, with Olave, I think you're pretty confident that he can be a wide receiver two and be instant impact. Um, with Okay, so my wide receiver four is Traylon Burks. Um, the pre-draft process has not been kind to Traylon, but 
I think you have to look at what the film says and that height weight speed combo is real. And, and anybody who watches football can see that. And so I think with him, he's going to have a longer developmental arc than the rest of the players in this top five, but I think he can be very good. Um, and so, you know, he's somebody who I have as my wide receiver four. Now my wide receiver three. Um, so my wide receiver three is Garrett Wilson. Um, and I know he's somebody who I've had as wide receiver one for the last uh, six months, basically. And the reason I have him as my wide receiver three now is because um, I think if you look at the ceiling of these players, it's not as high with Garrett Wilson as opposed to the other two. And previously that wasn't something that deterred me from ranking him as wide receiver one, because I would always say, well, you know, with such certainty that he's going to be good, that that's why he should be wide receiver one. But I think, you know, just reassessing, I feel a lot more comfortable with the other two players I'm going to talk about and their ceiling and the degree of probability that they can hit it. So that brings me to wide receiver two, which is Jamison Williams. Um, Jamison Williams is my wide receiver too, because I think the acceleration and speed are rare. I think he has nice vision through the catch point and really good acceleration too, which is underrated. And he was the SEC's best receiver this season. So, you know, I really like Jamison Williams. The injury is unfortunate, but by all accounts, he will make a full recovery. And so I think he's, he's going to be a really good player in the NFL. Really, really good. And then my wide receiver one in a shocking turn of events from three months ago is Drake London. And I want to give a lot of credit to Joe because I know I gave you a hard time uh, a few months ago, but you were really correct about what you said. And I think with Drake London, the standout trait to me is hip fluidity at that size. The other traits that I really like are the fact that he's an animal with the ball in his hand and he has great contested catch ability. And just to punctuate that point about his yak, he almost never gets tackled because he refuses to be brought to the ground by other, you know, by the defense, by the defenders. And I think that speaks to the attitude he plays with. He's really young. And I think he has like, he has everything it takes to be a really good receiver in terms of body, you know, body type, you know, height, weight, speed, fluidity at the size, hands, route running acumen in terms of working into blind spots, yak ability. I really think he is that prototypical X who can be an elite receiver in the NFL if the potential hits. So that's my top five. Dude, I, I couldn't be happier. You know, originally I thought that Dylan was my best friend on the pod, but it turns <laughs> out it's actually James. And the fact that you have Drake London as wide receiver one makes me extremely happy. I'm glad that I had some influence in that. Um, and I love your top five, man. I, as far as Jameson Williams goes, I, I would be a lot higher on him too if it wasn't for that injury. I do still think he has a ways to go. Like I mentioned, that whole press coverage. When you get good hands on him, he definitely is stifled. And he, he definitely should be in a system where he's getting free releases and kind of scheming him open because that's where he's at his best. I do also have questions about like, say, I know a lot of people have been mocking him to, you know, to the Jets potentially at 10. I want to ask you guys, would you be comfortable with taking Jamison Williams at pick 10, given the fact that he's been injured? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any reservations with it. If you've been tracking his recovery, he's pretty ahead of schedule. Adam Schefter had a tweet today that he would be ready for training camp. He's going to start running even before the draft even happens. So I like, I'll be completely transparent with this because if you ask me without an injury, 
who is the number one wide receiver on Joe Douglas's board? I would say Jameson Williams in ink. That man is obsessed with speed. He drafted Elijah Moore, 4-3-5. Drafted Denzel Mims, 4-3-9. He tried to trade for Tyreek Hill, who's the fastest player in the NFL. I think Jameson Williams, whether he's worth the 10th pick, I think could be a debate depending on who's on the board. If it's the pick of this entire wide receiver class, or if one's off and you have to pick the second wide receiver, I think is a question. But I have no issues with him. I think he actually fits this offense really well. And I think having a guys like Corey and Elijah to lean on in that first couple of weeks, just so he can get his feet wet, not even with the injury, just also being a rookie in the NFL, I think would be great for him. Meeks, as far as like Joe Douglas loving speed, I'm sure he does. But if somebody like Cooper Cup was available, he's not going to, you know, avoid him because he ran a 4.62. Like, I yeah, think just like Tyreek Hill. Hold on. Tyreek Hill is just a good player. And like, as far as but going Cooper after Cup is speed, just a good player. Yeah. And as far as like going after speed, Denzel Mims didn't exactly work out. So I think that maybe Joe Douglas learned from his, his mistakes. I think he's going to find like well-rounded, good prospects. And like, honestly, like speed isn't the end all be all. It's about acceleration and short area quickness. That is like the number one thing you're looking for when you're looking at a wide receiver. It's not about long speed. Fact is, though, that Jamison Williams does have good short area quickness and he does have good acceleration. So I'm cool with it. But I do have some reservations and I don't know that he's going to be ready for week one. I think he's going to miss a couple of games. And when you look at somebody coming off an ACL, it usually takes them some time to kind of hit the ground running and become the receiver they once were. And I know a lot of people even on here were like, well, I'm not going to be watching football anymore on Sundays if I have to see Jeff Smith in that wide receiver three role or anything of that nature. And the fact is, like, you draft Jameson Williams, and you might be in that position on day one. I feel like taking him at 10 would be, like, really not a very smart move, especially if guys like London and Garrett Wilson are still on the board, that's for sure. I'd be reluctant, but I could. I would do want to say I could see a situation where he's that guy that I know you've talked about Meigs and Joe. You've slowly moved on that idea as well. I know Mister Study over there would hate this, but I if Jamison Williams fell, I could see him being in that situation where they kind of tried to package, make a package like they did with presumably for Elijah Moore last year and trade back up and nab Jamison Williams if they decide to go offensive line and edge or offensive line and corner and any combination of that and opt to wait on receiver. I could see him falling and them going, okay, let's nab the talented guy who makes all the sense in the world, especially like you said, you can scheme him free. And that's something that I think Michael Floor would do very well. Um, and then, yeah, I don't, I didn't really have a ton of qualms with your takes. Well, I have the second James. I think that, like you said, I, I Drake London, the consistency too would honestly be something that in that regard, we haven't talked about a ton would be huge for Zach Wilson because he had 88 receptions before he went down. He's a volume receiver as well. And I think that that's something having that safety net, that would be just very crucial for a young quarterback, because I know we've talked about that a lot with the tight ends, but I think even just having that safety net at X and not having a guy who let's be honest, struggled to catch the ball in Corey Davis, this season would be very good in that regard also uh bruce arians just retired and todd bowles will be replacing him while i had that oh dang yeah. oh wow uh i'm actually not very surprised by that at all because i heard there was a lot of friction between tom brady and todd and uh bruce arians but uh i think we should go to my wide receiver rankings because there's a player that i think is just going to cause some contention and i just want to have this debate now so number five i have drake london great football player thoroughly enjoy watching him play football completely agree that my wide receiver rankings would I don't think are going to be the Jets and I think he'd be higher on the Jets board um, I do have some questions about him that I think he's going to be good I just you know James was talking about this with Garrett Wilson about the elite ceiling that Garrett Wilson doesn't possess I don't really see that for Drake London I think he'd be a very good football player I think you can have an offense where he is a wide receiver one 
one day, but do I see like the top five ceiling? I really don't. Uh, number four is James Williams. James Williams is awesome. Just a really fun player to watch. He's, he, he's so much better with the ball in his hands than I ever really realized in my first watch. And you really had to go back to see that he's not just a one-trick pony. He's not all speed. He's got really good stop start. He, he reminds me a little bit of how Jalen Waddle was so good at just erasing angles and just leaving guys in the dust in that way. Number three, I have Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks doesn't make any sense to me because his process is like his routes are kind of whatever, but he just, the guy just makes plays. He just consistently wins over and over. He went outside. He can win in, in the slot. He can be used as a really as a gadget guy, as well as a full-time receiver. And I really think that he's an aggressive football player that in this scheme could actually turn into a pretty good blocker. Uh, number two, I have Chris Olave. I just, I feel like people just overthink him. Like he, he runs four, three, he has a full route tree. He has very good hands. He's a very good football player. A lot of people talk about how high character a guy is and how he's a guy you want in your wide receiver room. He would have been in, in my top five wide receivers last year. If he came out in a better wide receiver class, which I think we all agree about that this wide receiver class is not as quite as good as last year's, which just, I think speaks to his talent. And number one is Garrett Wilson. He's the total package. He, I don't ha- I feel really good about him starting right away. I feel really good about how he's going to be in three years. And I don't really understand people who think he takes too many steps in his routes. It's like, that's like a bad thing or that regard really don't get that at all. I like it because I thought you were going to go all in on Jameson Williams too. So seeing him at wide no, receiver. No, 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 he's wide receiver four. Good player. Like him more. I did not give him enough credit through the draft process, but I think wide receiver four is the perfect sweet spot for him. Yeah, I like it. I think that's not a bad spot. Honestly, if it wasn't for his injury, I, I couldn't see him out of my top five, but that's still in the back of my mind. I'm not, I'm not drafting or even putting guys that high who I have question marks for as far as you know, how healthy they're going to be and how their career is going to be impacted by such an injury. Even if like obviously ACLs aren't what they used to be, mm-hmm. you know, we do see that kind of thing almost even reoccurring sometimes, but I'm into it. I, I have no complaints with your top five at all. Really? Wow. I thought I wasn't sure. Okay. Well, Drake, I feel like, I feel like we're pretty good with Drake London at this point, but I just want to, you know, a lot of you guys have much a little higher than I do. So I thought I wanted you to do any of you guys have any questions about my Drake London takes at all. I will ask. No, I wish you had him higher, but I mean, if you have him at wide receiver five, I'm not going to yell at you about it. I mean, maybe when we, you know, get off screen here and like we do a little <laughs> in the chat privately, but not on the pod. No, it's fine. Meeks. It's, it's cool. Okay. All right, James, what about you? I will just say it's not a question. It's more of a comment. Um, I think so. Obviously, like I changed my mind on Drake London a lot. And I think one of the things that made me change my mind was, number one, I stopped comparing his movement skills to, to Garrett Wilson. I started comparing his movement skills to somebody of that size. And then the other thing was just realizing that being in an, the air raid offense, and this is not like the Lincoln Riley air raid where it's kind of spready that type of thing this is like the very traditional air raid where it's like five plays that is a disadvantage to somebody with the hip fluidity that he has because it doesn't allow him to showcase that and i think you see it enough just with his route running he's a really good route runner and when you open him up and he gets to run that shanahan offense route tree you're going to really see that so uh, that was something that kind of helped me come around to him Dude, this is the best day on the pod ever. This is yeah, amazing. I don't like this is like this is like the one question I have about Drake London because I feel like Drake London can't separate has become like Steph Curry can't shoot on Twitter. Like, I don't think anyone thought Drake London was bad or Drake London was like Hakeem Butler. 
like when it comes to separation, like I never thought that about Drake London. I just think when you're looking at a guy for like, he has some ways to go with his routes. I think, I think the yak thing is the most exciting part about him. What makes him so rare for a guy, his size, because I think he gets the T Higgins and the Mike Williams comps a lot. I think he's way better with the ball's hands than both those guys. I think he's a complete receiver. I really do. He's a great route runner. He's got the yak. He could high point the ball. He's, I mean, honestly, the hip fluidity, everything James said is on point. Easily wide receiver one for me for sure. All right, Joe. Then let's give it. Let's hear your top five, and we'll close out the show. All right, let's go. Let's go top fives. We'll, we'll we will start at five, and I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson from Dylan's Penn State. Is my wide receiver five? Listen, great hands, body control, competitive toughness, and he's a a really savvy route runner who knows how to tell a story in his route stem and manipulate defensive backs to create leverage and get open. Dotson's routes, I guess you can say, are full of red herrings. And listen, I'm, I'm a big fan of his work. Kind of reminds me of Brandon Cooks. And I think he has perennial 1,000-yard receiving ability. So I think that's a good spot for him. Number four for me, like you guys, is Traylon Burks. Listen, Burks is as boomer bust as they come. He's a rudimentary route runner who needs to refine his overall technique. But with good coaching and the right scheme, he could be a fantastic player. I think the Jets are a good fit system-wise, but I do have reservations pairing him up with my young quarterback when they both have so much to figure out. Regardless, I do love his upside, and I think wide receiver four is an appropriate spot for him. Number three for me is Chris Olave. I, I wouldn't be surprised, Michael Megan, I know he's your wide receiver too, if he ended up the best wide receiver in this draft. Not exactly a yak guy, but he's excellent in every other category. Very little holes to his game. Easy wide receiver three for me. Number two for me is Garrett Wilson, and he's more like my 1B to Drake London. I compared him to Stefan Diggs back in October, and I still stand by that comp. I'd like to think I was the first to say that, um, but regardless, great route runner, great with the ball in his hands, super smooth in and out of his breaks, and just an all-around very good receiver. He needs to work on his releases versus press coverage, but he has stud written all over him. And listen, number one for me, like I said, you guys all know I love him. It's Drake London. And it's looking like he's picking up some steam to the Jets, which I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about. And I've said before, he's the perfect fit for what Zach Wilson does well. So I'm happy more people are on board with him landing with our Jets. Other than that, what can I say? He has a lot to offer. You know, what can I say that James didn't say? But route running, yards after catch, 50-50 extraordinaire, plenty of speed to win on the outside, contrary to what many people think. And yes, he can create separation. Unfortunately, it seems like there are numerous people on Jets Twitter that don't know what NFL separation is, because if they did, that narrative would have died a long, long time ago, Michael Megan. All right. I, I Listen, never said Drake London can't separate, Joe. I'm, I don't want to I don't want to be thrown into this mob. All right. Well, I'm just playing around. Thanks. Relax. Listen, he's the complete receiver inside, outside versatility, and he's wide receiver one for good reason. Absolutely love his game. Drake London, baby. If the Jets pick him at 10. We're having a party. All right. I think we're going to wrap a bow on the wide receivers with, I think I'm going to have a question. I'm going to have a little statement for all of you. And I want all your guys' opinions on this because it seems that the jets are pretty, you know, they're going to have to take one of these five receivers. I think, I just don't think you can wait on wide receiver. I think there's a lot of, after Joe Douglas's press conference, there's a lot of talk about pass rusher at four and Mekhi Becton being, a starter, which, you know, has people sometimes we have our reservations about. But I think that the Jets are going to take a wide receiver at 10. I don't think they're going to get cute and try to trade back and then take a wide receiver just because you just look at the guys who have picks. You know, the Eagles need a wide receiver. The Saints need a wide receiver. The Packers need a wide receiver. The Patriots need a wide receiver. There are just so many 
teams that could pluck up these guys. I just don't think they should get cute with it. So I think there is a 40% chance that Drake London is a Jet. I think there is a 40% chance Jameson Williams is a Jet. I think there is a 10% chance Garrett Wilson is a Jet. I think there is a 10% chance Traylon Burks is a Jet. And I think there's a 0% chance Chris Olave is a Jet. Dylan, I'll start with you. How would you rank these by percentage-wise? Or do you agree with me? Uh, I, I don't think I'd agree with you as much. I'd go probably uh, 40% London, uh, 30% Garrett Wilson, and then I'd go maybe like 20 to 10% Jamison Williams, and then kind of the rest falls into place with Burks and Olave, however you want to split it up. Um, percent wise, I just think that the Jamison Williams being the like love speed guy for Joe Douglas, I, I don't know how much I believe that just because I think the best availability is going to be having a guy on the field. And especially for a young quarterback, I think having Garrett Wilson would kind of be I'd had that's honestly my thing about having him at one is that he doesn't have the ankle issue that London had because that's the only thing stopping me from putting him at one and he didn't uh, he's not Jamison Williams in terms of the injury so I think he would value Wilson more in that regard to your pleasure um than he would someone like Jamison Williams that's just my one qualm with it but I don't think it's too far off other than maybe not obviously having Jamison Williams that high yeah, I, I mean, I don't want Jameson Williams that high. I wish I could swap Garrett Wilson and Jameson Williams. I just think, you know, I think a lot of people have been banging this drum that Drake London and Jameson Williams bring the most varying skill set to the current jet wide receiver room than a Traylon Burks, a Garrett Wilson, or a Chris Olave. Joe, I know you got up in arms about this, so how do you think the percentages should be divvied out? I'm with Dylan. I think the best ability is availability, right? So I think Jameson Williams is like, that's like a 10% chance there, and the rest uh, – Drake London, 40%, Garrett Wilson, 40%, and uh, Traylon Burks, another 10% there. Is that 100? Yeah, yeah I, think that, I think that makes the most sense in my, in my opinion. Okay. James, what about you? Dude, I, I think you're spot on, like literally 100% correct there with the 40-40. And, and the reason is, and what I'm about to say is not my opinion. Like this is an observation um, from being a listener of the Move the Sticks podcast for like four years. So Daniel Jeremiah and Joe Douglas – both grew up in the Ravens front office. All Daniel Jeremiah talks about every year when they're evaluating wide receivers is you build your wide receiving core like a basketball team. He has probably said this thing like 20 times, like since I've been listening to the podcast. So clearly this is like a foundational belief from when he was brought up in scouting. And we know that he was brought up the same way as Joe Douglas. So it's not my opinion. This is an observation. I think that London and Williams are the two players who add a, dan- a dynamic that is not currently present on the team. I kind of think Williams adds a little bit more of a new flavor because I think you could argue that Davis and London are a bit redundant, even though I think London is far better and Davis should not be impacting your very long-term decision-making. But I, you know, circle back, Meeks, I agree with you, 40-40 and then the rest. Yeah, I that's how I really looked at it because, you know, go over the basketball analogy. Drake London's a power forward, and Elijah Moore is your point guard, and then Corey Davis is your, you know, he's your wing, and that's going to be your basketball team. If you have Jameson Williams, is like that slashing two guard, Elijah running point, and then you have Corey Davis is like, you know, the stretch four. I think that's a way that they're going to try to build the receiver room. That's kind of 
how I look at it. I think, you know, I think they're going to double dip in this class. And if you see Drake London at 10, you could see like a Khalil Shakir as your day four guy. If you take a Jameson Williams at 10, you could see our guy, Joe, who I, you saw that yak tweet from today about our guy, Akuzama from Texas tech, who's that bigger body. You can make plays and be like the power forward that you hope to develop. So I think they're going to go for the varying skill set. I wish Garrett Wilson, I believe would go, would be up in that conversation because I do think he's a complete player that can really be anything. But uh, yeah, if you really want to build a proper basketball team, I mean, you take Drake London there, kind of be your power forward. Corey Davis, mm-hmm. kind of your small forward. You have Elijah Moore as kind of your point or even like potentially like a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, and then in the later rounds, if you double dip, I, I know for a fact that the Jets have been keeping their eye on Jalen Tolbert from Southern Alabama. Phil Savage has been to a number of his games. The guys, the draft countdown told me that. So you take somebody like Drake London, say a 10, and maybe you take Tolbert in the third round, maybe he slips to the fourth round, who kind of gives you some of that element that he's not exactly a Jamison Williams, but he's had some nice speed. You could run him on jet sweeps and he's got that yak ability as well. So I feel like that kind of completes that full picture when it comes to that basketball team. I don't know that there is really a Drake London deep in the draft. There are contested catch guys, but not like Drake London contested catch guys who can do everything else, you know, on top of that 50, 50 expertise that he has. So I feel like he definitely is, when it comes to percentages, like higher than all the other guys. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. And so I, just, I completely understand what you're saying. I think, I think Drake, I mocked him to the Jets say, I think the Jets fourth and 10th pick a month out are going to be Kayvon Thibodeau and Drake London. And I think Joe's going to be very happy. And I think we're all going to be very happy with that. But guys, another great episode. Got a little contentious between Joe and Dylan. So we're going to have, you know, have some kumbaya post podcast don't you worry this podcast will be back next week but make sure you're subscribed to the turn on the jets podcast make sure you're subscribed to badlands make sure you listen to toj live and look out for the badlands draft guide that's coming out two weeks before the draft connor rogers and us have been working really really hard on it so uh don't i'm gonna want to miss it have a good one